Have the holidays been restful? If you've been able to enjoy some holiday time or to have some holiday time at all, I wonder, sitting here this morning, what the answer is to that question. Have they been restful? I hope so. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Sometimes it doesn't quite fill up to the billing. You see, for some, rest equals inactivity. Rest equals inactivity. It means not working, not studying, not revising, not training, not playing, not practicing. It means getting the onesie on and hopping on the sofa. Well, enough about me. Assuming that we make it out of bed, or perhaps we drag the duvet to the sofa. And rest for us equates to space, quiet, sleep, doing nothing uninterrupted. But for others, bizarrely, rest can equal activity. So it seems. It means getting things done. It means doing exercise. It means seeing people. And that's how some of us feel we get rest. Now, in families here this morning and in the church family, those two ideas or philosophies often collide, don't they? Some in our families, they want inactivity. And some want activity. And when those two things collide, then there's tension about who's going to get what they need. Inactivity or activity. And of course, in some cases, as the inactivity for some increases, well, that just means that the activity for others also increases. If there's teenagers doing nothing, then parents have to do lots. There's a bit of a relationship there going on. And even if you are on your own and you opt for inactivity to rest, it's, it's likely, isn't it, to only increase your activity at some other point as you catch up. At some point, we, will, we know that we will all end up being busy. The reality is that when the holidays end, there's always more work to do. If we work, then there's going to be more homework to do. There's going to be more assignments. There's going to be more deadlines, emails, to-do lists, another school run to start. There's always going to be more work to come back to, more work to do. And even if you don't work, it's still possible, isn't it, to feel burdened and weary in life. And real rest is hard to come by. Which is why the the words that Jesus speaks here in Matthew 11 are so relevant to all of us this morning. 
Did you hear his promise? In Matthew 11 and verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. What an incredible promise from Jesus. I want us to see three things just quickly this morning. And the first is this. I want us to see the offerer of rest in these verses. Who it is that offers us rest. In these verses, Jesus puts all the emphasis on himself. In verse 28, we see that. Come to me all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. It matters who Jesus is. His own words just before these verses make it plain how he can offer rest. Because first, we're reminded that he is the eternal Son of God. That he is divine. That he has come so that we can know his Father. You see, what we celebrate at Christmas is Jesus is God come in person, Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And he has come to give people rest that comes through a relationship with God. So look back at verse 27, and he he has been explaining this. All things have been committed to me by my Father. No one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son, and those to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. So it is possible for humans to know God as Father. Possible to know Jesus' Father as our Father. And this brings the greatest rest that anyone can ever know. Because it starts now and it continues forever. And this rest is to be found in Christ alone. You see, real rest is not about what we do. It's not about us getting our inactivity or our activity. When we look to other things, what we will find, and we know this from experience, is that they will be limited. They will be frustrating. And they will be disappointing because they can't deliver what our souls yearn for. There's a famous old Christian called Augustine, and he said, our hearts are restless until they rest in God. And Jesus is saying here, to come to me. He's not saying go to God. He's saying, come to me, because he is God. Come to be with us. He is the offerer 
of rest. True rest is to be found in Christ alone. So that's the first thing. The second thing to see is that it's the offer of rest from labor. It's the offer of rest from labor. It's fundamentally an offer to deal with whatever is causing us weariness and strain and to bring it decisively to an end. Receiving this rest is therefore how someone starts the Christian life. But Jesus' words are for disciples also. It's the offer of temporary rest or relief which will bring the necessary refreshment of spirit and the renewal of strength to work again. Now, to illustrate this, I need the help of a volunteer. Maybe a teenager at this point would be good, so we're narrowing the circle already. Yep, Sean's being volunteered. Would you be happy to come up, Sean? That would be great. That would be great. Or Toby, or you can do rock scissors and see, see who's... Just five seconds to decide, and then just a one-off. Oh, scissors. Oh, paper beats rock. Toby, well done. Well done, Sean. Now, Toby, I just need you to pop this on, and uh, we're just going to think. You're going to help us think about the burdens of life and the things that make us weary. So just turn around there. Now, I've got some things to help us think about this. So first of all, there's work. We've talked about it already. You're a teenager. You're at school. You've got assignments going on, homework to do, deadlines to meet, right? So there's work. That goes in there. And then, you know, Work can be a bit ceaseless, a bit endless. It's not always satisfying and pleasing. We can get a bit worn out. You see the the picture of people spinning plates and they've got lots to do. Um, Mums, dads, teenagers, lots to do. Got to keep it all going. So that that can be quite a heavy toll to carry around. And then, well, sometimes there's sad things in life. Might not always happen when we're teens, but as we grow up, we know that sadness can strike and can cause us to be weary. It can bring a burden. Um, that could include illness and even death. So um, how are we doing here, Toby? Yep, good, because there's a wee bit more to come yet. And um, then there's the whole thing of the approval of our friends or the people that are not our friends. You know about this at school. All right, you want to fit in. We all want to fit in. And we, you know, what other people think about us matters. And then there's, uh, there's parents, you know, keeping the parents happy. Yeah, and then keeping the teachers happy or the boss at work. Gosh, just hang on, because there's more to come. Right, um, just turn around so we can see how this is growing. Brilliant. You doing all right? You all right? Yeah. You want a glass of water? Okay. Doing, doing okay. Brilliant. And then that's not even getting to the big questions of life. Like, if God is there, how can I know him? How can I please him? Dealing with, say, guilt and sin, regrets of the past, and then trying to live the Christian life in a way that pleases God. Right. How are we doing? Brilliant. See, you really can't carry it all by yourself. (laughs) And Jesus says, let me take all of that from you. You can go, thanks. 
Let me take that from you because I want to give you rest. I want to give you rest. That is the promise and the offer that Christ gives. Rest from the labor of carrying these things, of dealing with these things, the feeling of weariness and the burdens that come. How can Jesus give us rest? Well, here is what the Bible tells us. Jesus says, my death has dealt with everything that is past. Your sins are forgiven. I have bring you peace with God in heaven. But he also says, my life, the life that I have lived, has perfectly fulfilled God's law. The life that he requires. And I give that to you. So you have that righteous life. And are welcomed as a child of God. Accepted by him. Not living trying to earn his favor. Or trying to prove yourself. That is what Jesus says. Those two things. My death has dealt with what is past. And my life has fulfilled what God requires of you. So that you can now enter God's rest. So that today, this morning, we can enjoy God's rest. Now, this kind of gift, benefit, is a gift. It is given. It is rest that Jesus says, I will give you. Something done for us by Christ alone, not something we can produce. It needs his hand and his action. He doesn't say in these verses, do this, try that, but I will give you rest. And just as a surgeon in the hospital might say to you, you must let me operate if you want relief. Then what we must do is come to him and put ourselves in his hands. But of course, this is often easier said than done. The rest can only be enjoyed if I, we, are willing for the wrong things to be removed by his hands. To change the analogy, it's like going to the dentist so that the troublesome tooth can be taken out and dealt with. So only if we are willing for our busyness to be interrupted by the kind of rest which will really renew, will this happen? This is illustrated wonderfully, isn't it, in the story of Mary and Martha when Jesus comes to visit. And Martha is busy doing this and that, getting ready and worn out. And where is Mary? She's not in the kitchen. She's not in the hall. She's sitting there at Jesus' feet, listening to him. We must do what Mary did and what Martha would not do. Drop our work to sit at his feet. Lots of good things to be busy with. 
But there's only one best thing, and that's what Mary chose. Jesus here offers rest from labor if we will come to him. And then, thirdly and finally, not just rest from labor, but in verses 29 and 30, Jesus offers rest in labor. Rest in labor. Here in these verses, 29, let me read them to you again. He says, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Here, Jesus invites us to change our yoke. That thing which goes across the back and is designed to make a task easier, he calls us to give up one form of service and to enter into another kind of service. Our labor will be for him. And if he is God, then we are called to submit to him and to obey him. That is what the picture of the yoke is showing us. Let me illustrate again. Um, uh, I'm going to give Toby a rest. Sean, I'm going to get you to come up, and this is going to be a lot quicker and a lot easier because that's what the verses say. He says, take my yoke. So here is a new yoke with the help of the rucksack. And he says, learn from me. So let's use the Bible to illustrate And that's what Jesus says. Learn from me. Take my yoke and learn from me. It's nearly a smile, Sean. Brilliant. (laughs) Thank you. Take my yoke and learn from me. Just want to pause as we finish just on these two things. Jesus here offers an escape from man-made religion, a new way of living. His rest, it still means a yoke, something on our backs, because there are demands to following Jesus. As disciples, there are demands to going his way. But compared to everything else, living under his rule with his help is easily the best Can you see how that's described right at the end? Verse 30, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So a form of service that is not exhausting and burdensome, but restful, rewarding, and satisfying. To this end, Jesus says, a new spirit or attitude is needed. He says in verse 29, Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart. You see, what matters, Jesus says, is a right attitude towards God. How will we start to do that as disciples? Well, it will be looking continually to Jesus. Do you remember the prayer he prayed before the cross in the garden? 
not my will, but your will. He is humble of heart, submissive to his Father. Here is how the Christian finds, by learning from Jesus, how we find God's rest day by day. It is to live humbly, trusting our Father in heaven. It is repenting of thinking that everything depends on me and I can hold it all together and remembering that we are creatures, dependent creatures. We need to stop trying to live independently from God. We must learn to submit to him that he's in charge, not me, and that I constantly need his direction, his help, and his strength. And if we are learning from Jesus, then our humility will be acknowledged day by day in daily prayer. It's the prayer that Jesus taught. It's the themes of the Lord's Prayer that help us to acknowledge submission and dependence upon God. So praying that prayer or praying about those themes, how it starts with, Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name, Your kingdom come, your will be done. All about submission to him. But then dependence. Give us our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory. In prayer, we acknowledge that we are dependent creatures. That the labor and the burden and the weariness of this life is too much for us by ourselves. And humbly, we come to seek his help. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, says Jesus. So the way, not just to enjoy the holidays, but to enjoy rest. From burdens and from weariness to have renewal of strength is to come to Christ and to trust him. And to enjoy rest in labor is to take his yoke and learn from him. Humility that submissive and obedient spirit, humble dependence day by day by day. Let's pray. Father, please, would you help us to set aside the busyness of life, 
to set aside the busyness in our hearts and minds and to come to Christ knowing that he is the one who gives rest and to those who will trust and obey he is the one in whom we will continue to find rest now and always. Help us to come to Christ, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.